0: well, hey, Purpose Church, how are you doing? You hanging in there? I look so forward to this chance to be together uh, week by week, and I'm so glad to be uh, with you once again. You know, there's this thing called the halfway syndrome. You've heard me talk about it before. When I believe that halfway through something is often when you get the most discouraged. Now, I don't know if we're halfway through the pandemic or exactly where we are, but it's right about this time in some challenge that people often get discouraged. We see this in Nehemiah chapter four, where the Israelites were rebuilding the wall to Jerusalem. And the Bible says that we were rebuilding the wall until all of it reached half of its height. They got it halfway built, and then discouragement sets in and and it gets stalled. And that's why we're doing this series called Quarantine Christianity. Now, one of the things that seems to help us during the quarantine is humor. I've just gotten such a kick out of all the humor and the memes that are online uh, and and that you can read about that just uh, so much humor connected with the quarantine, just like Sarah and Brindley were were just talking about. So here are some of my favorites from the past week. Here's the first one. So you're staying inside, practicing social distancing, and cleaning yourself. Congratulations, my friend. You've become a house cat. Uh, Here's another one for those kids that love Legos. Don't forget to wash your hands. Uh, Here's our former governor. Me, after washing my hands for 20 seconds, 57 times in one day. Here's another one. A sure sign that you've been taking this stay-at-home thing very uh, seriously. I bet you're driving about as little as I'm driving these days. Uh, Here's one for all of you Canadians in our church family. Update, not all sports are canceled. And so curling, indoor curling, has now become an American obsession. Uh, Here's one we love at the Purpose Church staff. Church staff and volunteers trying to calculate how and why No church buildings plus no in-person meetings plus quarantine equals twice as much work. And we haven't been able to figure that one out. And then I saved my favorite one till the end. Chuck Norris has been exposed to the coronavirus. The virus is now in quarantine for the next two weeks. Uh, But of course, the quarantine is not always humorous. And that's why we're doing this series. Each week we're taking one of the things that's hard about the the pandemic, about COVID-19 and the quarantine. And each week we take one. Last week, uh, Pastor Eric did just a fantastic job. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, go online uh, to our website and and, and get a chance to uh, watch that as he talked about fatigue and boredom during this time. And today I want to talk about loneliness. A quarantine is not God's ideal for us. In Genesis 2, verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Now, I hope we don't get too used to being apart. Well, let's not get used to this because this is not God's ideal for us. Uh, We grow and we serve and we encourage each other best when we're together. Uh, Hebrews 10, verse 23, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And I hope during this time of quarantine, we won't get out of the habit of meeting together because that is God's ideal. But encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, what day is the writer of Hebrews, what day is is, is he talking about here? The finish line of Jesus coming back to take us to heaven. That's the day, the day of Jesus' return or the day that we die and we, we go home to heaven the finish line of Jesus coming back to take us home and we need each other's encouragement to get there. Uh, last week Pastor Eric had just a great illustration about having a pacer run with you to help you uh, keep the right pace in life and so this week I'm going to double down on Pastor Eric's uh, illustration. Uh, here's a picture of Eliud Kipchoge. And uh, by the way, I just love how Kenyans name their children after such obscure Bible characters. This is uh, somebody from the lineage of Jesus from Matthew 1, verse 14, uh, that he was named after. Eliot is possibly the greatest athlete in human history, but you've probably never heard uh, about him. Uh, six months ago, he became the first person to run a marathon, 26.2 miles in under two hours. Just a a staggering uh, accomplishment athletically. Now, he had already set the world record in the marathon, but he never could break two hours. The world record is like a minute and a half over two hours. He could just couldn't break two hours. And so here's a group picture of the 41 uh, runners that he recruited from all around the world, 41 of the best runners in the world, to take turns pacing him in a race last year in Vienna, Austria. Now, what he could not do by himself, this is the main point I want to make, what he could not do by himself, he was able to do when surrounded by others. And that's exactly the way it is in the Christian life. Now, this race did not count as a world record because the rules don't allow you to use pacers. But what the World Racing Federation doesn't allow you to do God encourages you to do. God says the only way you're going to break that addiction is surrounded by others. The only way you're going to grow in your Christian walk is surrounded by others. The only way you're going to fulfill the purpose for which he made you is when you're surrounded by others. Uh, The only way we're going to change the world is when we're surrounded by others. The only way we're going to finish the race that God has marked out for us is surrounded by others. I want to do a quick commercial here. If you're not yet part of one of our online virtual life groups, you can go to purposechurch.com slash groups, and you can sign up today because we're meant to go through life together. Uh, We're not made for quarantine, and that's why we struggle with loneliness during a time like this. Now, loneliness can come from a lot of different places. Loneliness comes from... Uh, Broken relationships, or when we lose somebody uh, that we love, uh, somebody passes away and goes to heaven that we love, uh, that can cause loneliness. When we get sick, it can bring about loneliness. It can also come from changes in life, Uh, can be difficult and bring loneliness, like having one of your children uh, move away from home, or you yourself taking a new job, or or going to a new school, or moving to another state. Uh, Even Good things like retirement, for example. Even something that's good like retirement can lead to at least temporary loneliness. Our uh, beloved pastor of Celebration Arts, Jay Walden, is retiring at the end of the month after almost 33 years as a pastor here at our church. If there was a Mount Rushmore of our church's leadership, uh, Pastor Jay's face would be on it. I personally don't think our church would have reached our 150th anniversary. Uh, without Jay. Now, even though he's going to take a part-time position as Minister of Music up at the Church of the Woods in Lake Arrowhead, uh, which by the way, that's the church that Dr. Ted Cole started uh, after he retired from our church uh, years ago. So even though he'll have a new challenge, it's still going to be hard because change is hard. Even positive change, like retiring, is hard and it can lead to loneliness. Uh, The psalmist uh, wrote about his loneliness in Psalm 102, uh, verses 1 through 7. He writes, Hear my prayer, Lord. Let my cry for help come to you. Do not hide your face from me when I am in distress. Turn your ear to me when I call. Answer me quickly, for my days vanish like smoke. My bones burn like glowing embers. My heart is blighted and withered like grass. I forget to eat my food. In my distress, I groan aloud, and am reduced to skin and bones. I am like a desert owl, like an owl among the ruins. I lie awake, I've become like a bird alone on a roof." in the old uh, traditional King James uh, version. Instead of saying uh, "alone like a bird on the roof, it says like a sparrow on a roof, uh, just like the sparrows that Kennedy was uh, singing about just a few minutes ago. A Los Angeles psychologist and author Dr. Leonard Zunin writes that the biggest problem Americans face today is loneliness, even though we're surrounded by people. Do you know the average American today meets more people in one year than we did 100 years ago in a lifetime? We're surrounded uh, by people. And so if we have uh, struggles even when surrounded by people with loneliness, uh, how much more during a time of quarantine when we're not surrounded by people? Now, here's the good news. Jesus understands our loneliness. He understands what you're going through if you're going through a period of loneliness. The loneliest moment in history was during the crucifixion in Matthew chapter 27. During the crucifixion of Jesus, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli. I sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? In that moment, Jesus experienced loneliness uh, worse than anybody's ever experienced it. And he's the one that can walk with you and through this time of loneliness. So let's spend the rest of our time looking at the loneliness of the Apostle Paul in a letter that he wrote from a Roman prison called the Mamertine Prison. It was almost like a dungeon-like environment From a Roman prison, he wrote it to a young pastor uh, that he was mentoring uh, named Timothy. So let's look at the reasons for his loneliness. I've got five of them down there. Uh, First of all, his location, the time of year, and his season of life. His location, he's in prison. The time of year, uh, winter is coming. And his season of life, uh, he says in verse 21, do your best to get here before winter. Uh, That's the time of year. And then a season of life. Uh, Paul was an activist, more energetic possibly than any other person that's ever lived. And here he is stuck in prison. He feels like he's been put on the shelf. Uh, Sometimes people feel like that in retirement. They feel like they've had this active life, and now they kind of feel like their giftedness has been put on the shelf. Or maybe a parent feels like that uh, with an empty nest when the last child uh, goes away and, and leaves the house. Uh, you can feel like you've lost your purpose, you're, you no longer are in the action, uh, you've been put on the shelf. And we can also feel like that during a time of quarantine. Maybe you're an activist person, and now you just feel like your gifts and abilities have just kind of been shelved uh, during this pandemic period. Uh, the second reason for his loneliness was his future. He says in verse 6, for I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. Uh, Just a few months after he wrote those words, he was beheaded by the notorious emperor uh, Nero, uh, and he was executed. Uh, The elderly can often feel lonely, and they need our special care uh, during this time. Uh, When you feel like the time of your departure to heaven, when you feel it getting closer, you can especially feel uh, lonely and separated uh, from other people. And then a third reason for his loneliness Uh, were his uh, relationships. Relationships are tricky things. Sometimes they work for us and sometimes they don't work so well. In verses 9 and 10, he says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia to pick up a dog that he had bought there. Uh, That's not true, and that's where I need my laugh track that I had a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Some of his friends had turned their back on him, but others had simply moved away. They weren't bad people. Just in the course of life, they had moved away. And, And sometimes paul it was Paul's idea for them to move away. It says in verse 12, I sent Tychicus, I sent Tychicus, Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus. So he was lonely because of a good thing that he had done. And that's kind of like the quarantining uh, during the pandemic. We agree it's to our own best interest to be quarantined, to be, have physical distancing between us and other people. But this good thing that we've done for our own uh, self-interest has actually led to our loneliness. It says in verse 20, Erastus stayed in Corinth and I left Trophimus sick in Miletus. And then number four were his critics. Verse 14, Alexander the metalworker did me a great deal of harm. The Lord will repay him for what he has done. You too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. You know, when you get criticized, you feel very alone. When when you're the one getting criticized, your friends can commiserate with you and say, "Oh, that's not fair. Don't think about it. Don't worry about it." But you know what? When you're the one getting criticized, It makes you feel very, very lonely all all by yourself and your critics can make you feel that way and that's what they did uh, for Paul. And then number five, his friends. Even his friends didn't come through for him. Verse 16, at my first defense, that is the first time he had to stand before a judge in Rome, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me, even his friends, may it not be held against them. You can almost feel Paul's um, bitterness there, can't you? Uh, May it not be held uh, against them. His friends failed him. And so he stands before the judge all by himself. Friends can fail us sometimes. Your church can fail you sometimes. Your pastor can fail you uh, sometimes. But don't let that church hurt. Don't let that Christian friend hurt. Don't let that keep you from Jesus. Don't, don't let that happen. I'm so sorry when it does, and, and, we, and I do everything, and we do everything to make sure it doesn't happen, but, but being flawed human beings, it will happen, and don't let that cause you to be disillusioned. Don't let that uh, cause you to fall into bitterness. Now, Paul has a choice here, and we have the exact same choice. Uh, the first thing he could have done is he could have been consumed by self-pity and bitterness just thinking about how other people had had failed him. That's what he could have done. But he had a second choice, and we have a second choice. He could take concrete steps to conquer his loneliness with God's help. Now, before we see which choice he made, I ask uh, Priscilla Constantine, who was a missionary from our church family, uh, just like Paul, Uh, She's been a missionary for 38 years in Pakistan and other parts of Central Asia, and I asked Priscilla to speak about loneliness on the mission field. Just like Paul experienced loneliness on the mission field, I asked her to share about her experiences of loneliness on the mission field.
1: Well, what a relevant topic for Pastor Glenn to talk about Paul's time in prison and how he was impacted by loneliness when i moved halfway around the world to pakistan i was lonely i had moved to a traditional society i didn't know the language i had to dress differently i completely lost my routines my family my friends my mexican food and fellowship of believers i lost purpose church it sounds like what's happening to many people right now doesn't it we have lost our routines our connections, our social interactions. And you know what? It's painful. In serving overseas, I experienced loneliness because I felt isolated at times and cut off. But you know, God is kind. And gradually, I was able to put down roots, learn the language, make new friends, and I was embraced by warm and loving people. You know, living in Pakistan, I also experienced lockdowns. Sometimes for weeks, sometimes actually for months. And what helped me? God's Word. You know, God's Word is alive and it speaks to us. It would say things like Priscilla, I see you. I know where you live. I know what's happening. I will never leave you and I'm going to take care of this. I would experience loneliness because I felt cut off or isolated. But you know, God was kind, and I gradually learned to learn the language, put down roots, make friends, and I was embraced by a warm and loving people. And God also used cards and telephone calls to encourage me to keep going. Someone could write me a letter in California. Two weeks later, I would get it in Pakistan. And it would always speak to my heart, meet a need, it would give me hope to carry on. I also had a friend who would call me, oh, about once a month and say, Priscilla, how are things going? And at the end she would say, how can I pray for you? A good question that deserved an honest answer. And I would try and be real and explain the stresses, the strains, the worries And then we would pray and give it to the one, the only one who could do something about that need. In the past month, I've had the wonderful opportunity of calling people from our fellowship. And I had read that people in retirement facilities were in quarantine. But it just didn't really register what that really meant until I started calling some of my friends. And you know, nothing is real until it's personal. These are my personal friends, who served as Sunday school teachers, Bible study leaders, and now they're in their rooms 24-7. No one can visit them, not even at six feet. Their meals are delivered to them. In one place, they can't go to the mail room, their mail is delivered to them. You know, it's like being in prison. A beautiful prison, but a prison nonetheless. Some people are stuck in their room with only a landline and no computer, so they can't listen to Pastor Glenn on Sundays. Recently, I've talked to a friend for about the fifth time, and I heard something new in her voice, and that was despair. She was feeling very low. So, you know, in these past few weeks, there are members of Purpose Church who have been writing notes and making phone calls to those who are in lockdown in the retirement homes you know there's one facility who've said to our leadership you know what there's only five people in this facility from your church would you write letters to the other 205 people they would love it and it's a wonderful opportunity can you write a note can your child draw a picture can you make one phone call a week Here is an opportunity for you to reach out to those in lockdown in a facility, in a retirement facility. Now, some of you are computer savvy, so you can go on the Purpose Church website and click on the COVID-19 response button. Go down to give help and explain your desire to reach out to our elderly members in quarantine. Now, some of you don't have a computer. Maybe you're watching with a friend in another place you can call the church and they will connect you to the pe- people who will then help you connect to our people in those facilities. And I just want to remind you again, wherever you are, God sees you. He knows what is happening to you. He's going to take care of you by his grace.
0: Thanks so much, Priscilla. That was, that was wonderful. Okay, let's finish up with five ways to overcome loneliness that we can learn from the life of Paul. Number one thing he did, he reminded himself of his future in Christ. Verse seven, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I love this quote by Sojourner Truth. She was one of the leaders in the abolition of slavery. She wrote, I'm not going to die. I'm going home like a shooting star. And you are going to someday go home like a shooting star, whether it's when Christ returns or whether we we pass away in this life, uh, like a shooting star, we're going to go home to heaven. Here's the second thing he did. He sought help from the people he had helped. He was humble enough to ask for help from the people that he had helped in the past. In verse 9, he says to Timothy, do your best to come to me quickly. I need you, Timothy. Verse 11, he writes, only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Now, this is a whole tangent I could go on in a whole different sermon, but the the quick version of this story is that Paul... And Mark had a falling out uh, because of a way that Ma- Mark had failed Paul and it caused a disagreement between Barnabas and Mark and, and, and Paul. But somehow they had restored their relationship. They had asked forgiveness of each other. They had reconciled. And so because of it, in his time of loneliness, now Paul has yet another relationship to depend on because he had made peace, because he had reconciled. And maybe this time of quarantine, it's just like a great time to reconcile some relationships, to get in touch with somebody you've fallen out of touch with or, or to um, forgive somebody or to be forgiven by somebody. And that'll help us with our loneliness. We need all the relationships we can get. We can't afford to have broken relationships out there if, with God's help, we're able to fix those uh, through forgiveness. And then verse 21, again, he says to Timothy, do your best to get here before winter. Can you feel the urgency and the longing in his words there. We need each other. We need each other. I I need you. Uh, Tomorrow night at at 7 p.m., I'll be going live on Instagram to spend some time with all of you. I just want us to hang out with each other uh, some at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. And I'm excited to answer some questions that you might ask of me or Or maybe talk about our series or or even share some funny stories. My dogs will be there, Millie and Floyd. I want to introduce you to them. Uh, Kimberly's going to be hanging out. It's it's just going to be a fun time in my home tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. And so make sure you follow us on Instagram at Purpose Pomona and tune in tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Okay, number three, third strategy. He took care of his physical needs. Verse 13, when you come bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas. Now, it's it's interesting that even Paul can leave his coat somewhere. I don't think it was by accident. It was a winter coat, and so he didn't need it. And so this special winter coat, he said, you gotta bring it to me because because winter is coming, and I need that cloak. And what I find funny, we're gonna see in just two seconds, is he asked for a heavier winter coat before he asked for his copy of the Bible. And so I, I love that. He's putting his physical needs, sometimes the most spiritual thing is to remember what your mother said and wear your coat is a more spiritual thing than to remember your Bible. Now, when we're lonely, we tend to neglect our physical needs. Uh, We don't eat right. We don't exercise. Um, It's it's hard to sleep. And I bet you uh, many of us have been experiencing those things uh, during this uh, pandemic, haven't we? Haven't you experienced uh, uh, some of those things have been a struggle? Maybe you want to go on the chat right now and just mention some of the things as far as your health that you've been doing to help your health or maybe some things that you've been struggling with in that area. And then the fourth strategy he had, he put the right kind of things into his mind and continued to encourage other people. Uh, Verse 13, after he asks for his heavy winter coat, now he asks and he says, and my scrolls, especially the parchments. Now this would have been most likely his copy of the Old Testament scriptures along with other positive reading materials or or letters that he was working on or other writings that he was doing. And how about you and me during this time of of quarantine? Boy, do we have an opportunity to either fill our minds with the wrong things or with the right things, to watch the wrong things or watch the right things, to read the wrong things or to read the right things. Uh, I just saw a headline just the other day. Bible publishers reporting jump in Bible sales amid coronavirus fears. You know, the Tyndale House Publishers um, reported that Bible sales for their Life uh, Application Study Bible, and that's the same study Bible that at our merchandise store uh, here at Purpose Church that, that we sell and we provide for you, you there, the exact same study Bible, their sales during the, the pandemic have been up 44% of that particular Bible. And their immersed Bible sales were up 60%. Bible sales going through the roof. There's this hunger for God during this time. Um, here's another example of that hunger is that during the pandemic and during Ramadan in, in, in the Muslim world, uh, Pastor Ashraf and our online service in Arabic has been averaging during the pandemic, during the quarantine, over 3,000 viewers every Sunday here in our own country and all across uh, the Middle East. And I would encourage you to to strategically use this moment in history to invite your friends to join us online. You know, there's this perfect convergence going on right now. We may never have another chance like this in our lifetime. We may um, never have a chance, another one like this, in in the history of the body of Christ over the last 2,000 years. Here are the three things that are coming together. The pandemic has made people hungry for God. And then secondly, it's never been easier to invite somebody to connect with God. You simply ask them uh, to join us online for one of our uh, events during the week or, or during one of our worship services on Sunday. So we've got the, it's never been easier to invite somebody. We've got this hunger for God. And then thirdly, we have the time to do it. Most of us have at least some margin within our lives. So we've got this convergence of time and, and hunger and opportunity and, and also how easy it is to simply ask somebody uh, to join us online. And, and here's the thing. The, the quarantine is going to be over soon. And I know you're going, Yahoo, can't wait. And, and me too. I, I hope it ends tomorrow. Sooner the better. But you know, there's a wistful part of me that it's going to be over soon. And, and, and most of that is great, wonderful. But some of that is we won't have this opportunity anymore. Along with it being over will be the loss of this historic opportunity to connect our family and friends uh, with Jesus. And so let's seize this historic opportunity, whatever remains of it, whether it's days or weeks, let's, let's seize the opportunity that God has provided to us. Uh, In in verse 19, you see Paul continue to encourage other people. He says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. And the household, And the Greek word translated household there, is oikos. Greet Priscilla and Aquila and the oikos of Onesiphorus. Uh, Verse 21, Eubulus greets you, and so do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you all. There's this tendency during times of loneliness to be self-centered. Uh, when we're lonely. So we need to fight that by encouraging other people, looking to the needs of other people, not just focusing in on our own needs. And then number five, he remembered that Jesus was his ultimate companion. You know, your enemies are consistent. They will consistently criticize you when given the opportunity. Your friends will be inconsistent. They'll try to do the best they can, but they're, they're flawed humans like all of us are. And they'll be there for you sometimes and sometimes they won't be. So your enemies are consistent. Your friends will be inconsistent. But Jesus will never fail you. He's the friend, the Bible says, that sticks closer than a brother or a sister. He is that friend that will always come through for you as he did for Paul. Verse 17, but the Lord stood at my side. There he is at his trial. And he looks uh, behind him, and none of his friends are there. They all were scared to come or they forgot to come. And then he looks over here, and his enemies, oh, they're there. They're ready to accuse him. The prosecution is there. His friends are not there. But then he turns to his side, and there stands his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Always faithful. Friends not there. Enemies will be there. But so will Jesus But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. And wherever you are hearing this right now, let's say, Amen. Amen and amen. Now we're going to share the Lord's Supper together. And everybody is welcome wherever you are to share the Lord's Supper. You just need to know that you're a follower of Jesus. This is an outward sign that inwardly you've made a commitment to Jesus. You say, Glenn, if I'd like to do that today, how would I do that? I'm going to lead you in a prayer that you're going to pray silently while I pray out loud. And it's got three words to it, three parts to it. The first one is sorry. God, I'm sorry for the sin in my life, for the, for the wrongdoings, for the way I've hurt other people, for the way I've failed to love other people. I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross so that I could be forgiven and, and, and go to heaven and be free uh, from the bondage of my sin. And then please, please, Jesus, come into my heart. Be my savior. Forgive me and lead me now. Be my king, my leader, my Lord. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. So let's pray that together if you've never prayed that before. Oh, God, I'm sorry for the wrongdoing in my life. I'm so sorry, Lord, um, for the way I've hurt other people and failed you, the things I've said, done, and thought that I shouldn't have. But, Lord, I thank you for Jesus that he came into the world, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose from the grave so that I could be forgiven. And and now, please, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my wrongdoing. Be my Savior. And from this day forward, I want to follow you as my leader, as my King, and as my Lord. And I pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's family said, Amen.